Good morning. Today is Monday, September 27th, 2021. I'm your host, Evan George, and welcome to Bostopia News. And here's what's happening in the news today. Boston politics experienced two big endorsements over the weekend, with Kim Janey coming out surprisingly, and yet not surprisingly, for Michelle Wu, for Boston's mayor, and Congresswoman Ayanna Presley coming out for David Halper, Ruzi Lujon, Carla Monterio, Julia Mejia, and in District 6, the incredible Kendra Hicks. Ayanna Presley making any endorsements in the Boston City Council race was a little surprising, but the big shocker for me was Kim Janey's endorsement, as I didn't think she would be making an endorsement in this race. Quoting from her now, I believe she, Wu, is the candidate with the record and the values to not only protect the progress that we have made, but to build upon the progress to create a city that is more equitable, more just, and more resilient. Andrea Campbell released an op-ed almost simultaneously to this, saying that her endorsement will only go to the candidate that shows a commitment to listening and showing up to the black populations of Boston, as well as has the policy platform to match. We'll see if Kim Janey coming out ahead of her pushes her in one direction or the other. The recount in Boston City Council District 7's race has been completed, and the results has been the same, with perennial candidate Roy Owen Sr. actually extending his lead over Angie Camacho, going from what was originally a 28-point divide to now a 37-point divide. It seems like this unfolded much, much quicker than the massive at-large recount that we experienced just two years ago. But maybe that's because I was much more out of the loop. Charlie Baker's new community of Swampscott is providing a great micro study of why Charlie Baker's housing initiatives are so difficult to implement with Charlie Baker trying to make it easier to pass Chapter 40 development in communities outside of Boston that have historically had very restrictive zoning requirements, ensuring that only the wealthiest would be able to afford to live there. The town of Swampscott, with only 15,000 people and is 85% white, is rallying against a 120 mixed income unit apartment building called Elm Place that state officials approved this past March. But again, this is not stopping the Swampscott Equity Association and the concerned citizens against Elm Place, as well as the town's select board, to coming out against this mixed-income apartment complex. Let's hope that the Department of Housing and Community Development, which approved this project, does not buckle, because we certainly need more affordable units, even when, again, what they are measuring as affordable is still two to three times as expensive as the median income of here in places of Boston. But let's see what happens. Massachusetts has made the COVID-19 vaccine booster available at 460 locations. However, this is only made available if you are within a certain population and, specifically, if you received the Pfizer vaccine at least six months ago. So you can receive the Pfizer booster, again, only if you 
received the Pfizer shot more than six months ago, and you are over the age of 65 and or you face a high risk of COVID-19, considered in a high-risk population. The Johnson & Johnson and Moderna boosters are not yet currently eligible. And if you are looking to find where you can receive this booster shot, go to the vaxfinder.mass.gov website. Or just DM me if my pronunciation makes that spelling difficult. Speaking of vaccines, dozens of state troopers are apparently lining up to file their paperwork to quit the agency in defiance, or I guess in protest, of the Superior Court judge's decision to deny extending the mandate past the October 17th deadline that Charlie Baker has made for all state employees to show proof of vaccination. Now, I saw on Twitter, and I wish I could cite the person, who said that police in our society should be the last eligible for any deferment on the COVID-19 vaccine because interaction with them is mandatory. If they flick those lights on and pull you over, they have the entire coercive and violent authority of the state to make you comply, to make you talk to them, to make you interact. And therefore, they need to have the strictest vaccine guidelines and mandates. And while there is absolutely an anti-vax contingent within our police, given how reactionary that career is, I still believe this is mostly trying to use it as a bargaining chip to get even more concessions during contract negotiations. And still, roughly 20% of our state troopers are unvaccinated, as of at least early this week. And that's going to do it for today's episode. I hope you all had a fabulous weekend of canvassing or relaxation. As always, if you haven't yet, scroll down five stars. If you'd like to support the show, you can always click on my link tree in my bio. Send me a cup of coffee or a beer. And stay tuned because I will be going live either tomorrow night or Wednesday night to talk more Boston politics. And with that, take care and have a great rest of your day.